Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are revisiting the classic movie Casper from 1995 with our new gal pal, Gina. <laughs> Hi, Gina. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> but before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping if you it love is. the pod what <laughs> sorry what? <laughs> go ahead if you love the podcast and you want to support us here are a few ways you can did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us get more listeners if you want to be featured and help us grow head to apple spotify pod chasers good pods or your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review And you can also subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. That will help us know that you are listening to our episodes. And if you miss one, it will alert you. Yay. (laughs) And if you'd like to further show your love for the podcast, head on over to nomorelatefees.rebelbell.com and get you some swag. We have a ton of merch with our logo on it and you can rep No More Late Fees. Well, let's get into the movie. Wait, the, first I need to ask, yes. what's with the scandal with the people that were trying to sell your logo? Did that get resolved yet? Oh yeah, immediately because I don't <laughs> okay, play. <good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like the next day that person was taken down. Mm. Okay, good. And I do day I, And I imagined like them rushing into their house and just like tackling them while they're sitting at their computer making money off our logo <laughs> like a little red bubble please <laughs> i'll be so mad if they made any money that's all I me to too <laughs> well they're crazy they so are crazy and i'm like we're not famous yet wait till <laughs> we get famous they're manifesting it for you. You should accept that. Take it in. You're right. And be like, look how famous I am that somebody right. would want to sell my logo. Exactly. Oh, so right. I saw <laughs> on the news, which is TikTok, where someone said that you should be delusional. And I 100% agree. And I'm feeling like I'm moving more and more towards that belief system since we are in the apocalypse. So. <laughs> oh, same. <laughs> yeah. Why live any other way? I mean. 100%. Yeah. Enjoy so, what you can while we're stuck here. So. so Gina, you are famous and we are famous and we are famous people talking about other famous people. And it's that true. is our Correct. show. Correct. 100%. <laughs> so let's dive into the movie. The movie follows Casper, a young ghost who's kind and peaceful and kind of haunts a mansion in Maine and he (laughs) he just hangs out in his house yeah that's all he's doing he's just he's trying to dead live you know (laughs) yeah live in his best dead life yes (laughs) when specialist James Harvey arrives to communicate with Casper and his fellow spirits he brings along his teenage daughter Kat Casper of course falls in love with Kat very quickly continue <laughs> Jackie is trying on her Casper creeper vibes and doing a very good job that shit scared me 
but he quickly falls in love with Kat. <laughs> but their budding relationship is complicated, not only by his transparent state, but also by his troublemaking apparition uncles and their mischievous antics. The movie stars Christina Ricci, Bill Pullman, Kathy Morardi, I hope I said that right, Devin Sawa, and Eric Idle. The movie was directed by Brad Simberling and written by Sherry Stoner and Deanna Oliver. So go one, two times for the ladies. And it's based on the Casper the Friendly Ghost comic book series and cartoon. I think it's the cartoon came first, but I'm not sure. You can watch the movie and rent it, I believe on Amazon and on YouTube. I couldn't find it anywhere else. Did you find it somewhere else, Jack? We have it. You own it. so I own it on iTunes. It. Gina, how did you watch it? I watched it on Amazon Prime. I rented it. Yeah. Which like, I guess that's going to go to my rating because I own it. It's sitting downstairs in a DVD, <laughs> but I... <laughs> the sheer comfort of not moving from my couch I rented it on Amazon <laughs> and J.J. Well, Abrams did unaccredited rewrites he sure on the did. script oh, good old J.J. swooping in <laughs> that's I like crazy believe, I didn't know that I, yeah I like to believe the ladies did a really good job he just mm-hmm. did a few little fun finishing touches Please. on it yeah but before we get into the movie let's get into our ratings rewind you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves we give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would plan repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Okay, but nothing to write home about. And same-day rental. Pretty much ghost poop. <laughs> What was falling out under them, under that table. Gross. (laughs) Gina, we'll start with you. What would your rating be, your Y2K sales rating be of this movie? I mean, I think we already know, but we'll pretend. Would buy it, would buy it again, repeatedly. (laughs) Which Christina Ricci movie turned you into a super fan? Casper was definitely one of them, but... I saw the Adams family at my cousin had like a birthday party at the movie theater and I saw it there and I was like obsessed with her. I just like wanted to be her so desperately. I was unwell. So (laughs) (laughs) I kind of still do. (laughs) When I met Jackie, we watched like a bunch of movies, like the opposite of sex and Pecker and you haven't done the opposite of sex yet, right? No, No, not not yet. And too so good we will definitely do that one and desert blue desert blue is another one of our movies Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. then i was like solidified she is a badass bitch and i love her and we've we've done 200 cigarettes as well we've already done that one we've done 200 cigarettes now and then and now casper yes I so, think that's actually how we found each other because I made a TikTok about 200 cigarettes and you commented and we're like, oh my God, we're doing this on my podcast. And I was like, you're my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> so happy to find you. <laughs> I feel like anyone who says that they love that movie, I don't really need to ask any other questions. Mm-hmm. I already know a lot about that person. Like you and are when you cool guys people. did Pecker, I don't know anyone else that knows that movie but me and like my poor friends who like just had to endure like every Christina Ricci movie I made them watch because like I loved her so I was like oh my god 
because really I don't know anybody else that talks about that movie yeah it's one of his lesser known John Waters lesser known movies I think because it's so subdued in comparison to his other movies and it's not like hairspray where it like appeals to the masses and but like Danielle and I just found it we're like we don't know what we're watching but (laughs) we like it and (laughs) as high schooler nerds we were just you know, repeat everything and be like, yeah, I just whisper full of grace to Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. It I'm telling you, I was in like probably middle school or like early high school. I used to make my friends like we were, I'm like, how did our parents like let us watch the opposite of sex? And like all of these movies, like how did we not weren't watching like yeah, the basketball diaries. I was like, my parents should be arrested for this. Because <laughs> your, your parents, our parents are just an extension of like, because we are, we're in between like Gen Xers and, and millennials. Mm-hmm. We're, mm-hmm. what is it, Xennials? Because um, mm-hmm. when we watch Stranger Things, my friend Shayla and I watch it and all we could talk about is how these parents ain't shit. And it's the same generation of parents who are like, I don't want to watch my grandkids kind of situation mm-hmm. going on now, even though we were with our grandparents all the fucking time. Yeah. They weren't paying attention. We were latchkey kids. We had a key around our neck to go home by ourselves, that kind of stuff. That's why. That's why they weren't, they were like, yeah, you can go rent a movie. They didn't care. They didn't care. No. I don't know what they were doing. They were trying to work, live. I don't know. They were just like, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> when I was talking about parents I obviously didn't mean our parents because our parents were perfect I just meant you know the The other parents sorry mom I love you and Miss Terry if you decide to watch I love you too Miss Terry knows we're not talking about her (laughs) she already assumes yeah I mean I will say that Miss Terry opened my eyes to so many movies the the what is the the little Victor biggest Victor oh, Victoria Victor Victoria best little whorehouse in Texas my mom was broadening horizons in her own way <laughs> <For her>. <laughs> <laughs> mostly of her love of like dressing in drag and Dolly Parton so yeah. and I love every I love her love every that. day for that yep all right Jackie what's your rating would buy it. We own this. We watched the crap out of it. It was it was a Conley favorite. <laughs> I sure. I love this movie a lot. I, it's a would buy it for me, but I didn't own it. I didn't have it on VHS. I didn't own it, but I know that I watched it a lot. So, I'm so who had it? The HBO. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, you're paying for a cable service. I mm-hmm. would consider that. Yeah, and whenever it came on, like. ABC Family or something like that. I definitely would watch it. Let's talk about the box office. So the movie had a budget of fifty-five million, and it made two hundred and eighty-seven point nine million dollars. I don't think Universal could have foresaw that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Amblin Entertainment was producing this because Steven Spielberg produced the movie, but. Those are some big numbers. It opened at number one because it was released over Memorial Day weekend. It grossed $16.8 million over the first three days. It made a shitload of money. I it, And especially for that time. Yeah. So I have a very vivid memory. So I was a little obsessed with JTT in seventh grade when this movie came out for us. 
and we were doing our poetry segment of English. And so every single style poem I had to write was about JTT because I'm a crazy person. (laughs) And my English teacher, bless her heart, came so excited on Monday after this movie came out. (laughs) And she's like, Jackie, you have to go see the new Casper. That boy you like oh, is in no. it. And I, I was like, going. <laughs> I was like, oh, is he? That's really cool. Thank you for letting me know. And I went home and I'm like, that's not JTT. <laughs> oh my God. But she tried so hard to connect with me. Yeah. yeah. So this wasn't the first time we saw Devin Sawa. We saw him in Little Giants first. Mm-hmm. And then we were, it, I did not have a JTT crush. I was not on the Leo bandwagon, but I definitely thought Devin Sawa could get a nice kiss with my lip gloss, you know, because, you know, I was too young, but I thought he was a cutie, a hottie toddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm glad the JTT thing did not last. And I wrote out that Devin Sawa because obviously he he's a short he, king. He's a I, well, Aww. not even that. He's so I, cute. Yeah, it, it's just like Devin saw like the tattoos, aged yeah. like a fine wine. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and he yeah. had like a rough patch there, but he made a really good comeback, and you have to admire. Yes, him Absolutely. getting shit together. I'm just glad he made it. Like we have mm-hmm. to really give props to all of our teen idols, especially from the early 90s that actually Mm -hmm. made it because like Jonathan Brandis, I was obsessed with. I also love Brad Renfro. Like a lot of my faves didn't make it. Yeah. So crazy. Didn't make it, y'all. Sad. I know. (sighs) So what do you think was the draw that got so many people to go see it? Do you think it was the special effects? Do you think, I mean, Christina was pretty big then, but I mean, like, are kids dragging their parents? I mean, aside from, like, I probably would have. Were other kids, like, dragging their parents to go see her? I think kids in general, like, it seemed like a kid movie, Mm. and... So if you think about it like this, the 80s really brought in a time period where it was probably like the first, it's like the first time where teens and preteens, not just teens, but like preteens had like a lot of buying powers. And then mm-hmm. maybe I could say the 80s were the, where the teens had a lot of buying power, but the preteens in the 90s, like we, we definitely had a lot of buying power and mm-hmm you could see how they started to cater to making more movies in that time frame for not just teenagers, but for like that, that in between age range. And I think it was also like sci-fi Casper also was popular in like the sixties and and earlier age. So I remember when I was little, I used to watch Casper on VHSs. Mm And Mm -hmm. I love the cartoon. So if I was watching it, and most likely my mother when she was little was watching it. So I think it was two different generations coming to see two different for two different reasons. And even watching it, like rewatching it more closely, because I knew we were going to talk about it. I was like, these special effects are kind of still amazing. Yeah. Even by today's standards, which is wild. But agree. Like it, it was pretty stellar and, and like the, 
the acting that Christina and Bill had to do, I mean, they were talking to tennis balls for yeah. almost a, a good majority of the movie and reacting to things that weren't actually happening. And like, I saw her in a recent interview talking about how like they would initially like put the tennis ball where it was going to be, but then they would like take it away. So really she was like acting to nothing, which like some of like, and it was so like interactive, even like I was like watching the scene where they first see each other. So like, she's like fighting with the pillow. That's like him and like throwing the sock and turning around and like seeing him. It felt so real that it's hard to like even comprehend. It was to nothing like to me I can never do it because I'd be like oh I'd be embarrassed to like do that yeah (laughs) but like obviously that's her craft and her life but I was like it's amazing really I think also just credit them as well because it was it's not like now everybody who knows as an actor who's going to do a movie especially an action one they're most likely going to have green screen situations Mm -hmm, back then that wasn't like a thing you know even the star wars of it all and steven spielberg stuff like they were making models they were making you know puppets and all sorts of stuff so it wasn't as much cgi stuff that we start Mm -hmm. you know we know now so hats off i mean i know it's a kid's Mm -hmm. movie that's how they want it to feel but that's amazing like, yeah. you know what I compare it to? I remember because I'm like around Lindsay Lohan's age. So when The Parent Trap came out, everybody was like, this girl's amazing. Like she's acting to herself and blah, blah, blah. And there were stands in kids like yeah. that she was acting to. Yeah. Like everybody was so impressed by that. Why were we not talking about this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so true. I mean, I was impressed, of course, by Lindsay. She was amazing. (laughs) One of the other things that's surprising about this movie is how short it is. Yeah, it was an hour and a half. Yeah, it got right to the plot really fast. I was like, well, what? I just thought my memory was kicking in. No, and the ending, it ended pretty darn quick. Like, I was like, oh, we singing the song already. Okay. (laughs) I love that song. (laughs) but out of all the things that my adult self found after rewatching this movie my only really big question is this universal why wasn't this a ride you fucking made it you made it a ride why is this not at universal studios the house everything where is it can we talk about that house of course what architecture style is it? Because it was a little lemony snicket. It was a little nightmare before Christmas. It had like Adobe walls for some reason. Like it was just, it was a lot. The and floor was like very Wizard of Oz. Yes. And I know that this house was abandoned for a long time. But I needed that family to come in and actually pull out a rag and clean. (laughs) She just like rolled out a sleeping bag and like laid on that dusty, crusty bed. Let me tell you, there were moments where I had to pause and say, it's only a movie, it's only a movie, it's only a movie. (laughs) But when the ghost went into the dad and he went to go wash his face and he pulled that dusty rag, and then with that big ass spider web, I said, sir, <laughs> you don't, I see, you don't see that. 
I mean, nasty. in fairness, he was possessed. So, you know. I'll tell you one thing that will pull me out of possession is dirt, <laughs> dirt, dirt. <laughs> well, and then they don't take the time to clean any part of the house. None. But then Kat sets up the playroom in a half an hour and it is like Molly Maids came in and right. cleaned. Also, so we let so what's this what's the situation with casper and his hands right so he, he just make, wants five fingers that's but, all he wants but he can make it solid and not solid what he wants i saw him sprinkling his fingers in the in the pan to make a fork <laughs> to make that fake scrambled eggs i was like boy i ain't seen you wash your hands one time this <laughs> and i don't believe like I don't believe he was washing them dishes. You eating this food, like it looked pretty and stuff, but the shit is dirty. Everything's dirty. Nothing dusted. What? What's going on? And where did he just pull those pastries, like right. fresh pastries out of a cabinet? Right. And a is lot he, of them. Is he going to the store through the phone lines and ringing up pastries? Because I, I don't feel like the dad went to the grocery store, so they don't question where this fucking food is from. No, the dad was sitting in his grief. He had no time for anything else. Girl, but this it's called basic hygiene. I don't think nobody in this house had it. Cat, so you telling me this dress you about to put on ain't got the webs in it? Is hey, clean. you're gonna wear that? It had to smell horrific. <laughs> it had to feel horrific, and that's what you want to wear on your date. That however old dress that's been sitting molding fermenting yes and she wears it the entire time they're down in the basement she gets toothpaste on it shaving cream on it like and another thing is she wears it as a costume does nothing to it does nothing to her hair doesn't put some makeup on nothing she just wears this old ass dress that hasn't been washed in a hundred years and that's her dress her costume we could have done I something. Mean, she was very busy to do makeup. <laughs> she had a lot on her plate. Yeah, she had dust. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of dust on her plate. I'm just saying, I would have gone room by room. I could not. And, and then they had the nerve to have a fucking vacuum. Multiple. She out there trying to vacuum ghost. Bitch, you need to vacuum these webs and the dust. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about it. The other thing I cannot accept about this movie is, and I do this to myself all the time. So Bill Pullman, when he played this role, was 40. That did not look like a 40-year-old man. How did, how old did he, did you think he looked? I don't know, older than 40. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing, like, if you look back, in that time period, 80s, 90s, when like when I found out how old the Golden Girls were, I was like, you fucking lying. Those <laughs> yeah. aren't like 10 years older than me, 20 years old. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I don't know if we've all found the fountain of youth. That's or... why Gen Z thinks if you're over 30, you're decrepit. Because look at what <laughs> that used to look like. <laughs> and it's wrong. <laughs> I think Gen Z's just being assholes because they don't watch those movies. They don't even know who Winona Ryder is. That's not. <laughs> I think they just, just think they're being jerks. But yeah, it's crazy. Forty. 
I will say he must have smoked because his teeth were, I I needed a whitener, you know? I didn't look at him that close. I didn't either. I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's the thing for me. I saw the teeth and I was like, nah, damn. You were pulling off that sweater, but them teeth. (laughs) (laughs) And he had the 90s boy McDonald's hair, Golden Arch's hair. (laughs) I like the hair. The hair, the hair was like made me feel like home, you know. Like, oh, yeah. I've made it. I'm back here. But I don't know. I was floored at the age that was associated with that sweater vest or whatever he was wearing. How old was Carrington? Car- no, Carrigan. Carrigan. I follow someone named Carrington on TikTok and so I like I kept writing and she just did a whole TikTok about her name and so it was like fresh in your mind it it stuck in my brain and where have I seen that actress before because it wasn't I know it's not just that movie soap dish she was in (gasps) that's it love that movie I loved and I always get her and Kathleen Turner confused I literally think they're the same person they're not they they definitely have that raspy voice situation going Mm -hmm. on and I noticed this is horrible and it's gonna offend a lot of people oh boy (laughs) oh I can't wait (laughs) so I'm watching I'm like hey why do I know that guy disclaimer I have watched very little Monty Python so there's that mm-hmm. and I'm like I but he's very familiar to me why is he so familiar to me because he's the guy that is in the figment ride at Epcot <laughs> <laughs> you're so right he I forgot he was in that he does narrate the the figment ride and like um, he goes throughout the entire ride and narrates it and so it's like that voice is ingrained in my brain and I was just like, how do I know him? And like, I know there'll be people like, he's fucking Eric Idle from Mining Python. And I'm just like, the guy, the scientist man from Figment. Yeah. He probably makes way more money from what you know him for than what from what they know him for. This so, is true. Honestly, Jackie, I wouldn't feel bad about that. Okay. I, I like... I don't think I've ever seen a Monty Python movie. I know who all of them are. Yes. But... I don't, I don't, I don't watch those movies. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into the movie. <laughs> so we start out, we see this creepy house making whale noises and it's like a gate that's locked. And these kids are, I, I'm, I'm assuming they were dared to go in and get a picture of themselves in the haunted house. Did you notice who one of the kids was? Gwen. Squints from. So they go in, and Casper's just being a good host. Says hello. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> he was so polite. It was so sad. He was. Yeah. And he would like practice talking to people. Oh, my heart. And so, of course, kids freaked out. And that's how we're kind of introduced to Casper and Whipstaff Manor. That's right, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't um, like the name of that man. I was by gonna the way. say no. it's giving plantation vibes. The choice was off there. I, yeah. I never noticed. <laughs> yes, 
Absolutely. Then we go to the will reading of the owner of Whipstaff Manor and his daughter, who is a terrible human being, is sitting there listening to Ben Stein drone on about how like... Is that Ben Stein? Yeah, that's Ben oh, Stein. Oh, shit. I <laughs> did not... Couldn't you tell by him being expressionless? <laughs> no, I don't, you know, like I, I don't know if I even paid attention to to him all I was thinking is god I just want to be this rich to have some lackey person that I could push around (laughs) he loved her whatever love me whatever I just (laughs) I don't want to be that mean but it just seems like a little mean I just want to be that is my character that I want to live to to be the scheming bitch who has someone who sees the good in me, who's always ride or die for me and just like takes my abuse, but still believes that I have a heart of gold underneath <laughs> all of my hate and rage. <laughs> that is just, it's such a cozy place, you know? Beautiful love story. Yes. It really is. I'm so, looking for you if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Ben Stein reading the well. And essentially the dad has given all of his money to all of these animal charities. My favorite of which was dyslexic Dalmatians. (laughs) I didn't know Dalmatians could read. Like the, the animals he donates to like the charities are so fucking hilarious. And I wish I wrote them down, but I didn't, but dyslexic Dalmatians sticks out in the book. That will be me when I die. (laughs) (laughs) But then when the will, like, she's like, let's speed this up. I don't give a shit about these animals. What do I get? Mm -hmm. And she gets this decrepit, abandoned house. And I take that house. Hell yeah. It's a fixer upper. I'm going to make money. Good bones. Yeah. Yeah. And she tries to throw the deed and shit into the fire. And, but when she does this, there's invisible ink question mark I I don't know but like then she could see that there's something about a treasure and it's actually dibs her faithful sidekick (laughs) that starts reading it and then she makes him pull it out of the fire and he legit like has like second degree burns on his hand and he's like I think I need to go to the hospital and she does (laughs) not give a shit at all no, no. I mean are we crying in there oh well, she did she did she did him. she literally told him to put his hand in the fire my bad but like my question to both of you is I like after I was re- watching the entire movie why was there this why did the paper react in that way to fire and have this whole like almost treasure map situation where it's saying there's a treasure. Oh, like, because, because, because. So, I mean, he, <laughs> he, was a, <laughs> he was a kid at the turn of the century. And I think like invisible ink and things like that were like the new hip thing. So, like, and when they go toy. down. To, yes, sir. Like fun toy. Yeah, exactly. That's what they had, that was fun. <laughs> And then when they went down to his dad's workshop in the basement, he said, my dad was always working hard, but he always stopped and played pirates with me and would find my hidden treasure. And so he would make, 
yeah, he would make these treasure maps for his dad and his dad would go and find where the treasure is hidden. But question, why was her dad, like, is she related to Casper due generations? I was just thinking that. Like, why, why did her, that? why did her It was dad written on the back of the deed. Oh, so. Cas- Casper had- just found a piece of paper gotcha. and wrote the treasure map and it had it happened to be on the back of the deed. Gotcha. But if the dad owned it. Was um, the when he haunted by Casper or was he, well, he the, know Casper? He probably knew Casper, but then he died. And then, <laughs> I mean, he, like, <laughs> I didn't mean to say it like that, but like, his, where was Carrigan's dad? All these ghosts are just allowed to hang out in that but house. If you, if, you, me? if you look at the picture of Casper's dad that they show later, it's very old timey. It's giving. It pioneer times kind of <laughs> it's giving nicholas tesla is yes. what it's giving us so there had to be some generations in between yeah either it stayed in the family or it got sold off or whatever but the deed would stay mm-hmm. probably the same but i, I would, would i would like to know why he bought the haunted house and what he was doing with it i'm thinking it had to be fa- passed through family property and they're like i'm not touching that it's weird shit keeps coming yeah yeah do we ever find out the uncles the ghost uncles like he calls them his uncles but like i they give me robber vibes like they found out (laughs) there was treasure and they tried to come rob the house and died and then decided to just fuck shit up no the there is a there was a scene shot where it shows I don't think it's a flashback. It must be a picture or something of the uncles when they were still alive, but that scene was cut, but I believe they addressed it in the cartoon that they made after the movie. But I want to, I pose you this. (laughs) Were they called Fatso Stinky and what's his name? What's the other one? Smelly? No. No, Fatso Stinky Stretch. Stretch in real life because their headboards are carved with their names. Sounds like gangster names. You know what I mean? I agree. They give me gangster vibes. Again, going back to where they robbers. Thieves. Yeah, robbers. maybe maybe they were. It was like a gangster hideout. Maybe. Or I their could... parents hated them. <laughs> <laughs> Either um, or. And why were they sharing a room? I just have so many questions. Those weird treats. has his own room. Yeah. And they hate him and like treat him like shit, but he's the only one that gets his own ensuite. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. And I, I mean, Casper also gives me Harry Potter vibes, you know, yeah. stuck in a house being abused all the fucking time. Yeah. And Ghost Casper, I feel like, has the mentality of like a seven or eight year old instead of a 12 year old. Yeah. Yes. Because I wasn't it, expecting, even when I was a child, when he turned into a human, I was like, I thought this bitch was like six. Because <laughs> he like liked his trains and his baseballs and things like that. Like it just, and like the whole, I just want to be your friend. It was all very wholesome but in a like very childlike way yeah and also I had a problem with like oh he wanted to invite 
this man that he saw on the TV that essentially was going to like vaporize him, like all mm-hmm. to get that girl in his house. Like, just, you're, you're 12, you need booty that badly. Like, <laughs> yes, it yes. just, it, again, this is just another description of showing us that patriarchy is live and well. And yes. that boys are taught that the most important thing they should value about women is wanting to get with them, but not mm-hmm. like actually seeing them as a whole woman. And Christina Ricci actually said, looking back, that movie sucked. It just didn't make any sense. I'm supposed to fall in love with a ghost. How does that work? And he's like a cartoon. Well, part of him. So yeah, she she had questions too. I think she changed her view though, because I think when that, when she made that statement, that was like, obviously we see opposite of sex. If you see that movie, she's Mm. very much trying because she was a child to so many Mm -hmm. of us. And she was really trying hard to transition into like grown up roles. And I think anything to do with her younger roles was just pissing her off. You know, I remember when she like transitioned from like, I think the first like older role she had was the ice storm. And I remember I was like really young then. And I loved her from like all of her younger movies. And that was like such a stark contrast from like what she'd been doing and I was younger and I remember watching them being like where is like like I felt like she was like me and then all of a sudden it was like all these dark roles coming out it took like me a while to get a little older to like adjust to like oh wait these are actually like cool yeah Yeah. she tried so hard for so long to like be the opposite of all those roles like to a point where it's like self-loathing it was like wild I feel like, and it may just be me, but I think, you know, and who she can be compared to, I think Kirsten Dunst had maybe an easier, like, time transitioning into adult roles. I don't Mm -hmm. feel like we saw her go off the hinges and have to like over sexualize herself as much because but that's usually the transition we normally see yeah but the very first role we saw Kirsten Dunstan was a highly sexualized 10 year old vampire that makes out with grown men yeah that was gross but I just feel like she didn't have as much of a huge transition because she if every movie that we watch where it's Christina Ricci Kirsten is named somewhere as like Mm -hmm. potentially being the movie as well so carrington and dibs go to the house and see that it's haunted kerrigan (laughs) thank you i'm gonna do it every time (laughs) uh kerrigan and dibs go to the house they see that it's haunted they meet casper they freak out so then they hire a bunch of people to try and exercise the ghosts from the house so we see Don from SNL as Father Guido Sarducci. We see Dan Aykroyd as Ray Stance. Okay. So apparently Dan Aykroyd confirmed that Casper is part of Ghostbusters canon. Yeah. Which, crazy. I can't even think of that. But this was his last portrayal of as Ray Stance until Ghostbusters Afterlife that came out in 2021. So there was a pretty big gap with him playing that character. And so a we lot s- of big cameos in this movie. I yeah. like forgot. Yes. You know? Yeah. Later on, we see they're kind of ch- uh, the 
uncles are changing the dad into different people. And we see Clint Eastwood, Rodney Dangerfield, Mel Gibson. And then there was a cut clip of him turning into Steven Spielberg, but they cut it due to pacing and Spielberg was happy because he did not fancy himself an actor. (laughs) (laughs) So after they see that, like everyone's running away and they're you know, trying to figure out how are they going to get these ghosts out? What happens next, Gina? Wait, what part were we up to? Of them? The hotel. I think she's at the hotel now. Oh, yeah. So she, so Cass makes sure that Carrigan sees that TV so he could get his girl and the ghost man to come to his house. And she calls him up. And he immediately decides, yeah, we're going to just pick up our life, get in the car, and head to Whipstaff Manor. By the way, that car ride scene when they're heading there, I remember that shot of her in those sunglasses so vividly. I wanted, like, those sunglasses (laughs) so badly. Also, that line about the cactus crooners or whatever where he yes. says like oh sorry is this about your cactus crooners I looked up for the first time what that was and somebody said they had a copy thing or I mean this is like hearsay right but that they saw a copy of the original script and she was in like some choir or like singing group or whatever that she obviously had to quit because they were moving so that's what the cactus crooners were <laughs> she was in glee club yeah, I thought it was cactus crooners. I was like, what the hell is that? And then when I looked it up, it was crooners. So there you go. You're welcome. I just think it's so weird that his profession is a psychiatrist for ghosts so that they can move crossover, crossover into the afterlife. And he literally was on TV and people were taking him seriously. I, I don't well, know. I mean, he was on hard copy (laughs) oh I remember hard copy (laughs) it was like the low budge (laughs) news program with lots of ghost puns (laughs) but then when faced with a ghost it was clear to us he had never actually seen a ghost before yes Yes. he outed himself immediately yes because I thought he was he would have been chill you know, mm-hmm. haven't you been doing this, homie, for like a while yeah. now? You're a professional. And we do learn that he's doing this because he is searching for his dead wife to see if he can, he believes because she died and left him and his daughter that she has unfinished business. Mm-hmm. And so he is also on the hunt for her. So he wants to meet these ghosts really so he could say hey can you go upstairs and check if mom is home yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's his whole goal meanwhile poor cat has been to nine schools in two years and she's like i just want to make a friend like can 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 we stay in a place long enough where i can like have a full school year yeah can you do that for me, Pops? Or drop me off at Grandma's because I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, they have no other family. No one. It's weird. Not a soul. And then they get to the house and are gr- and greeted by Kerrigan and her little man. Her lap, her lap dog. Yeah. Lap dog. <laughs> With flowers. I was like, okay. 
And a giant ass vase. It looks like they stole those flowers from like a cemetery. 100%. And they probably did. (laughs) (laughs) Very on brand. And meanwhile, it seemed like they, they were supposed to pay him up front. But then because all the other people failed, they're like, no, you're not getting this check. Meanwhile, homeboy doesn't have any money. Yeah, and but neither does it seems like Moriarty didn't have any money either. <laughs> yeah. So like, are we playing a cat and mouse game here? Like, you obviously and have to sell was- the house to make the money. And I need the money for you to give it to me. So I have to help you sell the house. But I never really dealt with ghosts before. So who was playing who in this scenario? And she was so strict about like the timeline of when these ghosts had to be gone. When like, him and his daughter were the one that had to live in the house with those beings, not them. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing. Like, okay, I understand that you're paying me to do this job, but uh, maybe it's because he didn't have money. But like, why are you scared of bringing your daughter into the haunted house? Yeah. Crazy. But I do want to talk about. believe it. (laughs) I do. (laughs) It's just nuts. Nuts. I do want to talk about the people that could have actually played Kerrigan. So Glenn Close, Kathleen Turner, which you were talking about, Gina, Carrie Fisher, Miranda Richardson, Sigourney Weaver, and Michelle Pfeiffer were all considered for this role. And Michelle Pfeiffer, very young to be. Yeah. Has to be a lot younger than the rest of them, no? Interesting. It's hard to tell how wonderfully she's aged, so I'm not sure. But I don't know if I, I mean, besides Kathleen Turner, I don't know. I think Carrie Fisher could have pulled it off. Being that much of a bitch? I think so. so. Yeah, but we we hadn't seen her play anything like that at that point. Right. But she could have. I would have loved to see Sigourney Weaver. She she does bitch classy very well. Yes. So now she's called them to come live in the house they're moving in again they're not dusting they Um, refuse and and it looks like cat is the skilled one when it comes to home repairs because she's able to turn the electricity on and tells her dad that they need to like go get some stuff i of course not being handy don't know what the hell she said that they need to get something about amps or something jackie (laughs) you I I glossed over that part. Yeah. So (laughs) they get the light situated. They start moving their boxes in. And is it kismet? Who knows? But Kat picks Casper's room to lay down her stuff. Sleeping bag. Yeah. Her sleeping bag. Of course. Roll it out. Of course, she doesn't change the sheets or nothing. So you've got 200-year-old sheets on the beds. It had to stink in there. Yes. Stale. Yes. yes. And there is a continuity error because she puts her box that her dad brings her in the closet, but then later she kicks it out of the way when she's rolling out her sleeping bag. I was like, wait, that box was just in the closet. Unless Casper brought it out. Yeah. And Casper and all this time is like, how am I going to make it a hot boy summer and let her know I'm here? <laughs> I mean, obviously it's Halloween time, so a hot a hot boy autumn. <laughs> yes, four finger so, autumn. <laughs> yeah, why does he not have five fingers? He, he wants to, to do know with the way he died. No, 
he wants to know the same thing. He just wants his fifth, <laughs> fifth finger back on each hand. <laughs> it's something he's quite obsessed with. He mul- mentions it multiple times. <laughs> I, how did I miss him mentioning it so many times? It's his biggest beef with like being dead. dead. Otherworldly, yeah. <laughs> interesting forget the fact he has no legs anymore (laughs) he just goes into like a wisp (laughs) at the bottom he's no legs no bottom half really just a wisp but really need that fifth finger (laughs) really missing it flipping eggs easier maybe yeah no hair no ears he does no, say something he about anything? ears late, late, later, and I'm like, "Bitch, you ain't got none." Oh yeah, when he says his ears popped. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm like, Casper, where, where? Can you make the Casper face that he's making? <laughs> I know. I had to block my teeth. Oh yeah, he has no teeth either. Perfect. Good. <laughs> you did really yeah, well. Her. <laughs> Spot on. I think Jackie's goal in life is just to make sure every piece of like promo that we have for these episodes, I look fucking crazy. That's fine. <laughs> I try and find my craziest, but mine is usually something with my hands because mm. I gesture a lot. <laughs> it's true. Yours just, your eyeballs, <laughs> your face says a lot. <laughs> hey there, welcome to the Latchkey Sibs, the podcast that challenges three siblings to take a look at our childhood movie cabinet and one film at a time, criticize or defend the viewing choices we made as kids. I'm your host, Gray Baker, and I'm the youngest. I'm Holland, and I'm the oldest. I'm Allegra, and I'm Scorpio. So what we do, uh, each week one of us will present a movie to be critiqued, and the other two will be scoring it based on five specific categories. Can we follow this? I put it at a six. It's a pretty ridiculous plot. It's a pretty ridiculous plot. Appropriate for children. I had it at a seven. I'm keeping it at a seven. Oh, come on. I have it as a nine. Each week's score will be added up, and at the end of each season, the sibling with the most points will be labeled Master of the Remote Control, and the loser will be forced to do some sort of punishment. I think we can let the magic be whatever the magic needs to be because it's a movie, and it's a children's movie. And wavy children's movie answer. I'm just saying. I'm like, listen, you old fuck. (laughs) You just me-tuned your friend. Okay, the horse scene. Jesus Christ. That is erotica. I also wrote, this movie is horny. This whole movie is so horny. Okay. We are the latchkey sibs. Reviewing movies from back in our youth. Tune in every Wednesday to find out who becomes the master of a remote control on Latchkey Sibs. So going back really quick, the the hard copy episode like segment, they refer to Cat as his loner daughter Cat. I'm like, that is fucking rude. <laughs> 
even as a child i was like why you gotta say it like that she's a fucking loner because her dad won't stop moving her all around the country right ghost hunting yeah she was in the cactus crooners for god's sakes (laughs) give her some credit (laughs) give her some credit and then when carrington is on the phone in the hotel yelling at the people about her room service and she says not i ate fish i hate fish don't you people have cows dumbest line ever has stuck in my brain all of this time and like she said it i was like there's that line again that's the one that's it giving motel eight vibes like bitch we know you ain't getting room service at that damn hotel and then she told them they had to go get her some rum raisin hagen Like, they're just going to ru- leave the front desk and run de- across the street. Bitch, you got legs. Yeah, she's I mean, she the audacity. Towel, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> this is true. She had to take her bath. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she needed to soak to relax with her stressful life with the ghosts. Yeah. Oh, so what happened was, Pat is unpacking, and by unpacking, she dumps out the trash bag full of her clothes. And she smells a pair of socks and then tosses them behind her and they go in Casper's mouth and he spits them out and hits her in the back of the head. Now tell me if this happened to you in real life, how quickly would you piss your pants? It would be an on I've had some ghost encounters, but nobody's ever, none of them have ever spit socks in my head. <laughs> And I'm glad that they haven't. But also, this is where that thing comes in about, like, where, like, could he have not just let that go right through him? He can go through doors. Like, right. right. And a choice. Yes. I mean, I tend to talk, like, our kitchen faucet has a sensor on it, like the airport bathrooms where you just stick your hands under and it turns on. Sometimes it turns on by itself. And so when I'm sitting on the couch, I'll just yell, can you turn the faucet off, please? And I'm just very polite in hopes that <laughs> if it is a spirit washing his hands, he just like turns the faucet Give off and leaves. Yeah. So I feel like I would just be uber polite and it would just be Casper and I in a continuous circle forever, just being super polite to one another. I am as not, not to offend polite. the other Y'all one. hear me? I'm not polite. Get the fuck <laughs> out of my house. house. <laughs> Don't Get anger out. them, Danielle. <laughs> Don't anger them. They better not fuck with me. Fuck with me and find out. I Danielle. watched too many episodes of Supernatural. Salt, everything. We go and we go in a war. Okay? Get the fuck out of my house. I've seen 13 ghosts. I wouldn't want to fuck with those ghosts. Be polite. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> I pay too much property taxes to be playing with y'all. Get out. <laughs> she is okay. right, though. You're not supposed to. To, like let them feel welcome so <laughs> they're already in i don't know what else to do i'll be calling on my ancestors and everything we are the way that a housing market is right now y'all better get the fuck out of my house unless you pay or start the fucking rent. mortgage get out of my house i had this house blessed twice <laughs> you laugh i'm not joking out. i there ain't no motherfucking ghost, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Get out of my house. So, Cat gets hit in the back of the head with the socks. Immediately, like, big eyes turns around and faints. 
because there's a ghost. <laughs> then he does, does that towel shit where he goes and absorbs some water. So now I know he can clean, right? Because I know he can get some water in him <laughs> and put it somewhere. So what's the excuse, Cass? But you ain't got shit to do but watch TV and get yelled at. You should be cleaning that house. <laughs> that house but, should be spotless. Yes. In fairness, when he had guests, he was trying to clean up. He like was. At the, the t- he, <laughs> he was. Sometimes he was. you need people to visit to put a <laughs> kick in your ass to start cleaning. That yeah. is true. So true. Valid. So she wakes up and then screams in his face. So dad comes to investigate and he calls her bucket. Like I had the captions on, so I did not mishear this. He's like, okay, good night, bucket. What kind of nickname is that? I've never heard that nickname. (laughs) (laughs) The only bucket I know is Charlie Bucket from Willy Wonka. I don't know. Did not. It was weird. So, um, and he was so dismissive. He was. He's like, "Look, there's no ghost here. Like, that's weird for someone that like that's your whole profession (laughs) to not believe." (laughs) That's how we know that. He's a swindler. He's a swindler. He's a con artist. And it was yes. not a nice man. No. And he was, that's what you're hired to do. Look, <laughs> she found the ghost for you. <laughs> so you can help him finish his unfinished business. He should have given her the money for a new outfit because she was doing the work for him. Therefore, <laughs> she should have got some income from that. Yes, I agree. Justice for cat. <laughs> Literally, in so many ways, in so many respects. So now dad sees him. Dad puts cat over his shoulder and is just running out the house. And she's like, she's walk. Yeah. Like, she's like, what are you doing? I can walk. You've been insistent this whole time that there's fucking ghosts. I just saw one. And now we're scared and we're peacing out. Like, this was your whole, your whole deal. I'm along for the ride. Now, literally, put me the fuck down. And then his solution is to put them in the closet. Yeah. I think he didn't know it was a closet. Because she was like, (laughs) we're in a closet. (laughs) He just threw them into a dark room, which is also weird. Yes. Didn't pick up a weapon, didn't find a secure place. So they're hiding in the closet. And guess what? He thinks Casper's bad. Casper's the safest one. Those three Mm -hmm. a-holes start flying in from God knows they were at the racetrack. I guess. They they like to party. (laughs) I have the hiccups. Oh God. Oh no. So yeah, bet on anything at the racetrack. I I think like are they haunting the people at the racetrack? I feel like they were fucking with the race by spooking the oh. goat, spooking the horses oh that makes sense so now the uncles are fighting the dad the dad like plungers one in the face and he this was another scene where i was like i can't believe he's literally doing this by himself <laughs> it was like, a lot take, of physical comedy yeah take the image of them out of there that had to look ridiculous in real life <laughs> And if you and he made it believable, you're right. Because if you think about it, 
Bill Pullman and Christina Ricci had a lot of scenes together, but then they had a lot of separate scenes where they were essentially by themselves because we're, we're so in it. We're like, Oh, she's talking to Kat. Casper, he's talking to the uncles, but no, they, they were talking to themselves. All by themselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. We need to start making a list of like the actors who should have won Oscars for their performances <laughs> because yes. it would be Vincent D'Onofrio and Men in Black is Edgar. And Angela then Bassett in everything that she's <laughs> ever done. And now Christina Ricci and Bill Pullman. I'm still rooting for Wesley Snipes to get something for Blade because he became Blade. A hundred percent. Oh, my favorite Wesley Snipes movie is... And he could have won an Oscar for that too. Yes. All of them were amazing in that movie. Dad finally vacuums up the uncles and is able to contain them for a period of time. I just want to say, as a token Black person on the show right now, that there's no fucking way even after vacuuming them, them up even if we stayed for that long i'm not sleeping there <laughs> i would have been like breaking Bye. track records how fast you would have you would have <laughs> even showed up in the first place you read about you read about that you would have looked at that house and been like no no not for me <laughs> or a, a a promo for the new movie nope <laughs> this no. is not where my story ends no thank you 100 and, unless the backstreet boys are going to be popping out this door singing everybody backstreet's back i love that i'm out <laughs> yeah when i think about the backstreet boys music video for that song that is the one thing that i kept looking at was the floor of that house and I was like why does it feel so familiar I know that floor (laughs) I know I know this floor like imagine if you had amnesia right and there are things that you just feel like it's like what if you one of the movies that you watched a lot you thought that was your life like your memories were really the plot mm. of a movie. It would be one of your, one of your TV It would be shows. Friends for me because <laughs> my Sometimes night show. Sometimes I do think I do do that because like when I get obsessed with something, my personality just meshes. Like I become like whatever right. that character is. I try to just like completely like assimilate myself to that life. <laughs> <laughs> so like my life is not even my own. So it's, <laughs> it's a conglomeration of everything yeah. you've absorb culturally loved in life yeah Yeah. (laughs) so now it's time for bed and now now cat and casper are cool and they're just gonna share the bed (laughs) and they're all just laying there hanging out that's normal he's he's watching her sleep like sleeps at the bottom of her bed like a dog yes sad real he's real friend zoned here yeah um then the next day they cat heads downstairs and this is the scene that was giving me a headache anxiety yes a a lot of anxiety because casper is mama's in the cookie mama's in the kitchen with casper (laughs) like he is just making 
stacks and stacks and stacks of pancakes. He's making eggs. I do love the little egg machine though. Although I know it hasn't been clean in 200 years. <laughs> it's super inventive and cute. And then he pulls his two fingers, which gave me gynecologist vibes. And he is just scrambling those eggs and getting Kat's breakfast, her, her dirty dozen ready. He's know? trying to be hospitable. Yes, he is doing it up big style. Then Kat's dad comes down before they can even dig into these pancakes. Here comes these assholes. I don't know how they got and out of the vacuum. Oh, so. oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's walking around with that like a little dust buster. Like, how are you sucking fat though up in that? <laughs> never happening. Yeah. It's true. It's very true. And so that's where, where you guys were talking about. Like, where mm-hmm. do these pastries come from? Because all of a sudden, Casper pulls out these three trays of, of pastries for motherfuckers who can't even digest food. But you know what? Do they I'm not even gonna taste lie. It? It I think like it. I feel like they can. And I feel like mm-hmm. I would do this if I was a ghost. <laughs> We're all because just what? shit machines, Danielle. We I shove it in. And... I love I love tasty food. So, yeah. uh, so it's just gonna fall out anyway. So now cat's off to school her new school she meets Vic and he's chill but then we (laughs) we meet Vic's girlfriend and she she has RBF she plays a bitch all the time so good but she's so good at it she really is Mm -hmm. so this actress I remember her from Milk Money what Mm -hmm. do you remember her from that's what she's from I love Milk Money Yes, me too. But rewatching it as an adult, thank God it's out of our time. Questionable at best. There's so many movies from our childhood that I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) These kids went and got a fucking prostitute. And And she was like, pay me. And she showed them her TikToks. They were so young. It was, it's appalling. It truly is. As she's walking to school, she sees Guy from. Mighty Ducks, that's his name in Mighty Ducks, and that's what I'll be calling him for this episode. And his horrible girlfriend, they're riding by. And then when they get into class, now their teacher, sir, sir, there's several me, things wrong. With you're this telling teacher. me that you got a note that this child has started in your class and you couldn't differentiate between her first and last name? Yeah. Harvey Catherine? I'm sorry, sir. You read names for attendance every day. You know which way they go. Is there a comma? Also, he announces that because of the asbestos in the gym, they were going to have to postpone the Halloween dance a couple of months. Resting bitch face is like, well, the boathouse was just redone, so we can have it at my place. I just want to know how how a school decides we're going to have a full-ass house party at Mm. someone's house without talking to parents first correct and this seems to be one class out of the whole school Mm -hmm. so is the whole school coming to my house Mm -hmm. and who's bringing the provisions because i didn't see none of them kids when that the party finally happened with no snacks coming with anything no there was a dj with a record player and that was it that shit was real weird and they showed up 
raise of hands like who wants to go to the haunted mansion when yeah. the girl didn't even volunteer her house right like, no you're not gonna just come to my house like, yeah what is and he's like okay we'll have it at cat's house uh, call her dad maybe he's busy he just moved in he's being he's ghost hunting <laughs> He has three uncle ghosts that are just on his ass all the time. So maybe, yeah, that teacher, I was like, that is not standard protocol. (laughs) I don't believe it. No. (laughs) Some real, just etiquette, proper etiquette. We don't do this. You don't just invite everybody to the house. Yeah as the teacher like and cat's so desperate for friends she's like yeah come on over sure i didn't dust it's perfect (laughs) and like the trope it's like so like you know you see it so many times like hocus pocus they do it's like oh the new person like why is the new person like automatically a loser yeah that like people want to make fun of and like pick on i never once like thought like i don't know i i feel like when new kids came to our school it was like Ooh, they're they're exotic. (laughs) Well, I think the girl set the tone, even though it seemed like the class was like so over her and her her tactics of control. But I think she was trying to make her out because she she noticed she noticed competition immediately. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So meanwhile, dad is at home. The uncles are using his diplomas and pictures as like skeet shooting practice and like just destroying everything. And dad just calmly takes the picture of the wife and is like, not that one. Like, well, I think he has to stay calm because was he, he can't fight these things. Where's his vacuum? Where his dustbuster? <laughs> and, and it's weird because of eventually- right uh, probably casper but i think it's weird that they kind of play along eventually they start to sit they come for the sessions like but why it's weird <laughs> it's super weird he's intriguing then, to them yeah and then they see the picture of amelia his dead wife and the uncles are like oh yeah oh, we talk people. to her all the time oh yeah and they're like fucking lying to him (laughs) and getting his hopes up up. yeah Yeah. and he's like oh okay so then he makes this deal like i don't even remember what the deal was the deal was that they sit in this that he they will go get his wife or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know but what did he have to do you know what i don't know the ghost made me forget (laughs) (laughs) Do you I remember I Gina? I don't think I wrote <laughs> I it down. I'll forget. I I just like my note from that was like this still upsets me. Like <laughs> this was unnecessary. Yes. And like there, like Fatso comes with his like tatas, like the dress that like so mean. Why? Yeah. Yeah. It was very inappropriate. A lot of the stuff in this movie, like I I I think is this movie PG or PG thirteen? PG, and they say yeah. bitch twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it so, definitely is so not risque. a Disney movie. But <laughs> I will say that this whole movie did give me Universal vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it felt very much like a Universal vibe. 
a movie, I mean, and it, I felt like it could be, you know, a cousin of the 13 ghost movie. It, it mm-hmm. just had that feeling to it. 13 I, ghost light. <laughs> yeah. And the mummy and all that stuff. Like it yeah. felt like it all could be in the same universe. So now, oh, and Vic asks Kat to go to the dance with him. Which is was also like, a weird flex. Yeah. Yeah. It and didn't feel like it didn't feel malicious. <laughs> it just felt weird. But it was. Yeah. It was malicious. Yeah. And he didn't want to do it. And I'm like, why are you letting this crazy bitch, this t- other 12-year-old, 13-year-old manipulate you into doing something you don't want to do? Yeah. Like, 13-year-old boys should have stronger will than that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Grow some balls. literally Vic drop your ball and Casper is very jealous oh yeah and he you know what you know how I said I wanted a like lackey to follow me around I think I might be switching that to a ghost who's fucking shit up with people who are coming after me buying all the shoelaces together yes (laughs) so Casper literally like doesn't say shit to Kat, just grabs her by the arm, drags her out the window, drops her, and then like, what? He's trying to, oh, that he could be cuter than the other guy, like just as cool. And so he does some weird stuff, but it's very much of a like, yeah, yes. (laughs) It's like a six, seven year old thinking this is how I would get a girl, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is why, too, you don't associate him with being like, he, Kat acts so much more mature than he does. Yeah. Like, she's like, what the fuck are you doing dropping me out a window? Don't do this. <laughs> and he's like, this is going to be great. But then he ends up taking her to a lighthouse and they have this heart to heart. She's telling him about his mom and stuff. And then she asks him, like, what do you remember? He's like, I don't remember anything. Like I'm just a ghost with four fingers, and that's which that's is it. really, really sad that he doesn't yeah. remember his life or anything. So I think that makes the whole idea of being able to move on hard because if you don't even know what your life was like, mm-hmm. you don't know what your incomplete business is. I guess yeah. you could say. I mean, his whole reasoning—he does explain that his whole reasoning for not moving forward was because he his dad was his dad was there and I do have a question why later on in the movie movie when Kat's mom comes to grant him this one wish of like being a boy in real life for a few few minutes it seems why she didn't say it's time for you to 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 like ascend and and move Mm -hmm. on because his dad's not alive. What is he living for now? Yeah. yeah. What's his what unfinished, unfinished business? Business. <laughs> because then there couldn't potentially be a sequel. Gotcha. And like the three uncles, what are their unfinished business? All they do is torture people all day. They just like to party. Agents, agents <laughs> of chaos. So after they get back from the lighthouse, it's night night time again. And this is where we get the Every time you do it, it scares me. A 
like there's so, a lot of the, the the parts of this movie that felt so romantic as a kid like there's the one part <laughs> where they like touch hands for the first time and that she's like can I hurt you can you hurt me and I was like wait this was like kind of romantic are we boning right now is this how some people bone what's happening so the next morning is when Kat is like I found your visa card in your wallet I need a costume and he's like there ain't shit on that visa card so good luck with that yeah and I mean flippant with her and yeah like he's just I don't know I'll make he tells her or whatever yeah, yeah. roll you leftovers up in al- yeah roll you up in aluminum foil and make you leftovers I was like that's actually a cool idea but how much <laughs> aluminum foil like I was starting <laughs> to think of like gonna have to go to the dollar tree for that <laughs> but then I started thinking about how aluminum like if you scrunch it up a little too much it can get a little hard and start scraping and poking you and I was like maybe mm-hmm. Maybe this and then how the you look. sit down. Yeah, maybe this is yeah. it for me. Yeah. And she's disappointed, but she's like, okay, I understand. It's just like she's recognized her lot in life to just not have much and not expect much from her dad. This is when she goes upstairs and finds Casper's playroom and sets it up in like 45 minutes. And he comes in and he's very excited because the toys trigger his memories. So he's able, so cute. What does he call the train? Is it Hootie? The train, like he's riding the little train around and he's just so happy to have his toys back. And he's like looking at everything. And then he drags her into the attic and pulls out his mom's wedding dress. And he's like, you can wear this. And then this is also where we see the sled and he explains mm. how he died was he, he really wanted a sled. His dad finally bought one for him and he stayed out way too late and it got really cold and he got sick and ended up dying. I'm assuming from like pneumonia or something. And then his dad was really sad and that's why he stayed. Did they say whatever happened to his mom? Where his mom was? Was his mom around? I, I they don't because you notice when Kat asks like about his parents she doesn't say his mom she's like what mm-hmm. about your dad so yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. it's just trying to build those parallels of like they, yeah they just have their dads and I think they just leave it at that yeah and then it's something else triggers in his mind that his dad was an inventor and that he was working on a machine to bring Casper back to life. And there's like all these newspaper articles about how his dad was pegged as like the town crazy person because he swore that his son was haunting him. And so he was trying to figure out a way to bring him back. At the same time, what is her name? Not Carrington. Who are you Carrington? talking about? Carrington. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Her and Dibs are... Justice for Kerrigan. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, I'm doing it this time. This time. <laughs> Cannot remember her name. So Kerrigan and Dibs are kind of eavesdropping. And so they're like, oh, now we know where the treasure's located in the secret. Vault. Yes. In, in this secret layer that the dad has. And so he flips a hidden bookshelf, 
she has to sit in this chair that becomes like this ride down into the dungeons. <laughs> so fucking that would have been a great ride. I'm <laughs> telling you, like universal. I I don't know why we got this ride, and now it's like nobody nobody younger would have known knows yeah. about Casper. So it's like you've missed your mark, my bro. We could have used the up and out of machine. We yes. could have. So it was like the dad didn't like to get, it was early to rise in the morning. And so like this chair took him through like shaving and brushing teeth and brushing your hair. And so it's Putting like this. Tie. Yes. Naked. Just put a <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just want to know like those blades to shave. I don't trust this machine. It was very no. scary. Well, and every time Dibs goes through it, he gets more and more like sliced up. <laughs> his clothes are all cut. The second time he goes through, he has like bandages on his face. <sighs> it, it's a mess. And they- those blades have, I hope they had their tetanus shots, like yes, 200 right. year old blades. Those <laughs> things should have been rusted. That yeah. whole situation should not have still worked. And I love how like Casper is finally figuring all this stuff out and then he finds the secret elixir that there's only enough for just him. And then there's like a, a water pool on the floor. Mm-hmm. That- and they have to figure out how to raise the Lazarus machine. And Kat's like moving stuff around on the desk. And she noticed there's one book that doesn't move. And so she opens it up and it's the button to raise the machine out of the pond. So I just realized, oh, like the Lazarus, there was like a meaning there with that name. That's (laughs) literally just Timmy. No, my mom's maiden name is Lazarus. And when I was younger, I was always like, oh, like I felt like a connection to it until like I'm just sitting there like, oh, wait, there was like an actual reason they picked that name. (laughs) Just the last name. I also think it's great. Like all of this is happening. These two idiots are scheming about they want to get into the vault and they mm-hmm. realize the way to get into the vault is if they become a ghost, then they can go through walls. And then also they want to steal the potion. Well, it's not both of them becoming ghosts. One of them mm-hmm. because obviously there's one elixir. And so they're going to spend time trying to fucking kill each other. And then at the same time, the dad is, you know, trying to keep the other uncle's occupied because he has promised Kat that they're not going to be at the house when she has her party so they're getting him out wasted and then they start to bond with him and realize he's a cool guy and they feel like this trio should be you know a quad but then they feel bad about wanting to kill him but then he fucking dies anyways because kills himself okay so what bar are you at that there is a fucking a trench, trench out front outside that you can't see and you fall to your death so he's dead they fly him back Casper's finally about to become a fucking real boy and he can't because of these well the, because karen 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 <laughs> karen now you got me sick. and dibs have stolen the ooze from him because they need it for someone to come back. That's why you said it's like a primordial ooze mm. instant soup mix is how he describes it. <laughs> okay, Casper. I mean, that sounded more your age, but that's the only thing you said that sounded <laughs> mature. And yeah, it, it's this weird like fight between them. Like 
dibs like smears something all over the floor and (laughs) she falls out a window and you think she's dead but he goes to look and then she's in the car trying to run him over and then the car's on a cliff and you think the car is going to fall over, but it doesn't. But then she just doesn't look and she gets out of the car and there's no ground beneath her. It feels like that TikTok trend where it's, I'm alive. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> like, that's, that's what it feels like. They're it does. <laughs> I do like, though, that he like finally turns on her. Yes. She gets her karmic revenge. Yes. yes. Lap dog, stop laughing. Mm. yes and so she pops up and she's like the bitch is back and now she's a ghost (laughs) and why so big why so much bigger than everyone else i don't know can you i i don't know she's pumping up her energy she was like like, ursula she's (laughs) she's giving big dick energy you know (laughs) this is fair or big death energy (laughs) yeah So she goes into the vault, grabs the treasure chest. Apparently there is a handle inside the vault to just walk back out with the treasure chest. (laughs) Meanwhile, the entire school has shown up for the party, let themselves in and have like essentially started one one chaperone. That's it. Yeah. That doesn't seem like enough. No. After like the parents in that town knowing that you probably need tetanus shots to go in there. But again, we're in the 90s. Who cares, right? Let the kids be kids. <laughs> totally. And so Kat so, lets um, them in, but she's like, make yourself at home and then runs off again. Yes. Like, what the hell is going on? And Dibs, I've got a ghost to bring back to life. Exactly. <laughs> My ghosty boyfriend here. I need to cook him. <laughs> In the Lazarus machine. And you're gonna be in trouble. Hey Hey now, hey now. My Casper's back. (laughs) That's on the soundtrack. Y'all didn't hear it. (laughs) I remember it. (laughs) (laughs) So this is when Dibs like fully double crosses her and takes the treasure (laughs) and he's like, nah, I'm gonna be all right. You don't need to come oh, back. You can be a ghost. Line. And I'm going to get a dog, a little bitch, just <laughs> like you. And he's going to name it uh, Karen. Kerrigan. Kerrigan. Thank God you. I'm sitting there. I'm like, she going to get it right this time. I even have it written down <laughs> right. And I referenced it. Still got it wrong. Still got it wrong. Uh, I'm going to send all of these times I said their name wrong to that TikTok person because she's embedded in your brain. She's done her job. She has. <laughs> and she doesn't even go by her name. She goes by CJ. That's like- <laughs> Again, in her ghost form, she gets the treasure box. She doesn't open it yet. And yeah. she is like ready to go being the rich of her spoils or whatever. I don't even know if that's a thing. But anywho, Casper and Kat start to play mind games with her and say, you know, oh, yes. you seem like what unfinished business you do you have? You've gotten everything. You've got the treasure. And she starts mouthing off like, I've got everything. I'm living on top of the world. And <laughs> she, you know, is totally fine. And then, of course, that's where got him. 
they're like, oh, well, come to the light, my daughter. And then she's like, no, I'm not ready to go. And then she's gone. Hoodwinked by 12-year-olds. <laughs> explodes in a ray of sunshine <laughs> that she is not. Yes, and then the, the treasure chest drop pops open, and it's a baseball. And and Kat's just kind of like, that's your treasure? And he's like, yeah, it's a baseball autograph by Duke Snyder of the Dodgers. I was my favorite get, player. Cat girl, you need to go get that evaluated because that shit is worth money. It probably is. A lot of shit in that house is probably worth money. Them toys? Mm-hmm. Yes. We're not thinking straight here. Vintage. No. Yes. Yes. And just as Casper's like, okay, we're good. Awesome. Let me get in this machine, become a real boy. Dad swoops in as a little ghosty. And Kat's just like, what the fuck now? (laughs) Orphan status. Yes. And so she's trying to get him to remember. And then she, I think she remembers that like the toys jogged Casper's memory. So she needed something to link him to her. And so she did the pinky swear that they always did. And then he was like, oh shit, I fucked up. (laughs) You think? And Casper did not hesitate. He's like, get into the Lazarus machine. And dad comes back as a human and Casper is still a ghost. And so Kat has to get to her party because she's tardy to the party. (laughs) (laughs) Which like, maybe console your ghost friend who just quite literally gave up his life. Right. They're like, we gotta go. little thing you. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for your help. Meanwhile, there's like this side plot that doesn't really pay off in any kind of way, but it's like the mean girl and the boyfriend are going to scare everyone by dressing up as like, it wasn't even a ghost, but it was like zombie with a cut neck and she's on his shoulders, but then the uncles show up and scare the shit out of them. So they just like run out of the party. It's real stupid. Real stupid. But I do she like how he... And I like that. I like how she <laughs> fell and I like that he dragged her ass. Yes. <laughs> he <laughs> kept running. <laughs> yes. I like that energy. So Kat's just kind of sitting there, swinging her feet, being ignored by everyone at the party that she is hosting. Meanwhile, Casper's up in his room, just being sad. And... <laughs> Tossing his baseball and his baseball doesn't come back down. And all of a sudden, this red angel lady floats in and it's Kat's mom. And she grants him a wish only till 10 p.m. I think this is at like 9.45. So we got like 100%. We got 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, Cinderella had till 12. Yeah. And she's like, you're only 12. She was 16, wasn't she? Cinderella? She wasn't much older. Yeah. Facts. He gave up his chance at life (laughs) for another person. You couldn't give him till midnight? At least. (laughs) 100%. And why was she wearing red? Don't ghosts usually have white floaty things or at least a blue? What's with the red? You in hell? I'm questioning. (laughs) Maybe she just looked good in red. Maybe. Side so, eye on that. 
So she grants him a wish to be a real boy and he walks downstairs. I'm assuming it's just what he wore 200 years ago, but he kind of looks like a pirate in his like puffy shirt and like suede boots. Was it what he died in? Like, why were you sweating in that? Yeah, that's why you fucking died. (laughs) <laughs> he didn't have on the right clothes you out exactly. here swashbuckling and not buttoning up what the fuck but everyone he turns everyone's head you did and right i was like what are these feelings <laughs> well i was in the theater i was like who that <laughs> not jonathan jonathan taylor thomas sure the hell was it <laughs> So we see real boy Casper, played by Devin Saw, descend the stairs, go to Cat, dance with her. Why I'll, could they not use his voice? Why did I, they have to use I that agree. other little boy? To make us feel like he was a child. But he had confusing transition to this handsome young man. You know <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're floating and no one is side-eyeing that they're floating in air as they're dancing. <laughs> Only until he turns translucent, then it's a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they thought and, it was special effects, y'all. This was and a hype-ass party. This song that plays... one of my favorite songs ever i can sing the whole thing i won't and it was burned (laughs) on if i wanted to i could it's remember me this way by jordan hill and it was on a burned cd of mine but it had a skip in it to this day my mind plays the skip when i hear that song even if it's like yes it is so weird and it was like a double skip it's the most bizarre thing but love this song and then we get another can i keep you? jesus jackie i swear to god no this one's better <laughs> i do want to read this though okay it's from people magazine mm-hmm. when in 2020 when it was the movie's 25th anniversary i think that's right devin sawa said that christina ricci was the reason he was cast in casper say that two times fast i owe her the world he, he tweeted about that he said Chris, christina ricci is a huge talent and played a big part in getting me the role and then went on to recommend me for now and then i owe her the world and then the director of the movie oh well he also went on to say i was in casper for 30 seconds malachi pearson did the hard work when they decided last minute to bring casper to life he was too young So I landed the role and I'm very fortunate that the director chose me because I'd be lying if I said it didn't start a 30 year job that I loved. Thanks. Then the director, Brad Siberling said, let's be honest, my friend, it was the color in Christina's cheeks. When I flew you down to meet us at lunch, that's what sealed the deal. I just had to say yes. After that. I love that for all of us. I love Literally that love beautiful. that they have. It's beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> but you know what? It just goes to prove, imagine you're this little boy. You give your heart and soul into this role and like your face doesn't even get to be attached to it. But you're like, I'm just so excited. I get to be a part of it. And then this guy 
is in it for literally three seconds and he's the star. <laughs> like, imagine. No wonder you've never see, heard that kid's name ever again. He was like, I quit. Yeah. Like, I'm 100%. done. I just, rewatching it now as an adult, I was like, damn, we were really sweating this boy. And he was in here for like literally two seconds. Yep. Mm-hmm. He whispered some sweet nothings. He gave me a cold kiss. He throws me on the dance floor, had me floating. I mean, look at his, the structure of his face. It's perfect. Like, come on. Just so good. I'm, I'm really upset that I did not acknowledge him when I saw him on an airplane one time. Don't bring that shit up again. I'm still so mad. (laughs) I saw him on an airplane. Well, because I hadn't seen like grown up Devin saw. So and it was a Southwest flight, so I totally could have sat next to him, too. I can't. I need a feel. <laughs> when was this? When was he flying Southwest? Oh, not that long ago. That. 2016, 2017? Maybe in 2015. Why did you not go sit down next to him? Who well, so, no one. He was by himself, and I hadn't seen grown-up Devin Saw. So, like, my brain was processing, hey, that guy looks like Devin Saw. And then, like, we caught eyes, and it kind of was the vibe, like, please don't say anything. So I didn't. But I noticed he had a full sleeve of tattoos. So you better believe, once I got to my seat, I was Googling (laughs) before the door was closed, what does Devin Saw look like now? And I was like, son of a bitch, it is. So that's my close encounter with Devin Saw. Maybe you could have, like, waited until you were getting off the flight and, like, yeah. Back and then said, Excuse me, sir. Can I keep you? Right? He said he gets whispered that all the time. I bet he probably hates it. I bet, I, I bet, anyway. No one's ever whispered, Excuse me, sir. Can I have my sleeper piece? <laughs> That's a better, I think it gets all the guys for me for sure. When I, I will have line. to try that. I've been lonely over here. So he gets his dance he turns back to the ghost form he gets his kiss and then it's the best way to get a a party to clear out you don't have to go home but you got to get the hell out of here yep and then when cat's like okay i guess party's over and dad's like not yet and the uncles come in to play some music and that's it that's casper that is Casper. <laughs> what a ride. What a ride. Did we miss any fun facts? Let's see. So before Pullman was cast, Tom Hanks, Jim Carrey, Steve Martin, John Ritter, Rick Moranis, Dennis Quaid. Ooh, Dennis Her- Quaid, I would have liked in that. Yes, that's definitely Zaddy status right there. Michael Keaton, Martin Short, Tim Allen, Robin Williams, Chevy Chevy Chase, and Phil Hartman were all considered. And that's um, an assortment of men. So many, especially since I think Steven Spielberg was attached. I feel like they had more interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then for Ricci, before they cast her, it was Anna Chumps. I can never say her name right. Chumpsky. Kirsten Dunst, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Catherine Isabel, Scarlett Johansson, and Natalie Portman were considered to play Cat. Was Jennifer Love Hewitt on Party of Five at that time? No, not yet. I don't think so. Maybe. No one was, I feel like that no was, one on this list was emo enough to play Cat. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. no. Maybe Natalie Portman. Maybe. Maybe. I think she still would have looked really young. And oh, I do love that Zelda Rubenstein, who was going to reprise her character from Poltergeist, but it got cut. I I know everyone thinks of her from Poltergeist, but for me, Baby Girl is from Teen Witch, always in first. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I also love that this was Brad Garrett's first film, and he starred obviously as Robert from Everybody Loves Raymond, but he played the voice, he was the voice actor for Fatso, which now that makes sense. Like <laughs> I'm putting you hear it. Together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, any more, Jackie? The effects took two years to complete. They did a good job, took their time. And then James and Kat Harvey are named after Harvey Comics, the longtime publisher of Casper the Friendly Ghost. They did intend to make a sequel, but Christina and Bill Pullman didn't want to return. So instead- We got that Hillary Duff thing. Yes, we yes. got the Hillary Duff thing, and then we got a new cartoon out of it. Yeah. As well. And then this is the first two movies from 1995 where Christina Ricci's love interest is Devin Saw, second being Now and Then. Well, before we get into our ratings, Gina, well- You guys, if you haven't listened to our little teaser episode before this episode where we got to talk to Gina and get to know her a little bit, you should definitely check her out. But if you didn't and you want to finish, you're all the way at the end. No problemo. (laughs) (laughs) Gina is actually one of our TikTok friends. She loves nostalgia just as much as we do, maybe even more. And she has a great TikTok account where she talks about pop culture everything from that time period. So Gina, why don't you tell everybody how they can find you? You can find me on TikTok. It's There G Goes. And as always, you guys can check us out at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And let us know what you thought about Casper, your Y2K ratings, your current ratings, If you're mad at Jackie for saying Carrington the whole time, (laughs) (laughs) if you like to whisper, can I keep you? Whatever it may be. (laughs) Four. Gina, why don't you tell us what your today rating is for this movie? Okay. So I am going to still give it a would buy it, would buy it again, because I still think the special effects like we said are really really great I think they hold up and my king and queen of the 90s are in it so I cannot give it anything but that love it love it Jackie I still own it on iTunes so would buy it would buy it again same I have no huge issues I mean obviously I'm always going to talk about some cleanliness issues but that's not a big deal it is a movie I'm aware so it's definitely a (laughs) buy for me And that Um, means it makes our list of employee picks for 2022 because it was would buy it at the beginning and would buy it for everyone at the end. So yay Yay, Casper. (laughs) And again, if you have any statements, if you're mad, I know (laughs) I I got some uh, very harsh words said to me about our men in black episode from a dear friend. Please call us on our quick drop line at 909-601-6653-909-601-NMLF or hit us up on Twitter 
or Anchor FM if you are international and you want to leave us a voice message. We would love to hear your feedback. If you have some suggested movies that you'd like us to do in the future, corrections, if you have any video stories from working at Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, whatever, or even just some favorite moments, you could be featured on you could be featured on an episode. Join us next week as we head to Louisiana with Ease Bayou. And as always, be kind and rewind.